snazzy individuals. It's your host, Laura, here at Soft as Lore Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. How have you been since the last episode aired? I hope everything has been going well for you. Guess what? How about we dive straight into today's topic? Today's topic is books and their particular aesthetics. Inwards and outwards. Has there been a time where you simply picked up the book because you loved the aesthetic? Whether it was the beautiful cover, the details of the world within, there was probably an aesthetic they usually called out to you. There's a myriad of aesthetics out there. There's dark academia, light academia, cottage. Man, the list is endless, and those are the only three at the top of my head. (laughs) But which which draws you in the most? For me, typically, I'd have to say it's either dark or light academia. And allow me to paint a picture in your head. Let's say it was a chilly autumn afternoon, and you walk through the grand halls of perhaps a library, perhaps a university, and you can't help but marvel at the exquisite architecture. Every inch of the building was adorned with intricate carvings and sculptures. The atmosphere was one of most... The, atmos- the, atmos- the atmosphere was one of scholarly refinement, whatever that means. <laughs> this is essentially the essence of dark academia. There's so many books based on dark academia, just to name a few, and perhaps you've read it. Perhaps you read The Secret History, The Ninth House, Babel, If We Were Villains, just to name a few. What was something that initially drew you to those particular books? You know, sometimes, whenever I'm in the bookstore, I usually, as most people, look at the cover first. I look at the cover first. And let's say you come across a novel. The the cover was beautiful. Moody imagery, you have gothic cathedrals. And the pages were filled with tales of intellectual pursuits. An artistic expression. Does that sound like something you read? Oh, and of course you can't forget the little romance that's beautiful. And you can't forget the little romance that kind of ties the whole thing together. The I feel like the aesthetic of dark academia has always held a certain appeal. Now, before I get into it, quick disclaimer, I am only talking about the visual aesthetic and certain intellectual components. There's a lot of good and a lot of bad in dark academia, but since this, but since this is a light-hearted podcast, I won't get into that. <laughs> Anyways, these books tend to have a some sort of celebration of intellectual, artistic, and literary expressions. It was a world of old books, grand libraries, classical music. What's not to love? And in said world. There is a world where intellectual curiosity was prized above all. But why did this aesthetic become so popular? It's a curious question. Perhaps it was a reaction to the fast-paced, technological-driven world we live in. Perhaps it was a desire to escape into the world of quiet 
Why can't I fucking talk today? Did you ever sit and wonder why these books came into existence? Perhaps it was a reaction to the fast-paced, technologically driven world we live in. Perhaps it was a desire to dis- perhaps it was a desire to escape into a world of quiet contemplation. Or perhaps it was simply a recognition of timeless beauty of the classics. Whatever the real reason was, there was no denying we fell deep into it. And besides the aesthetics within books, what about the aesthetics outside of books? As a book lover myself, I've always been fascinated by the different aesthetics presented in books. From the classic leather-bound editions to the modern minimalist covers, each aesthetic has its own unique appeal. You know, recently, one of the most popular aesthetics I've noticed is the vintage look, tying in with the whole dark academia aesthetic. Many readers, I've noticed, love old-fashioned fonts, sepia-toned pages, antiquated, antiquated, old, ver, oh, and antiquated illustrations that remind them of a bygone era. I guess these types of readers have an appreciation for the nostalgia factor that comes with reading a book that looks like it could have been published ages ago, and maybe it was just published yesterday. I feel like that certain type of reader would get drawn into the academia aesthetics, whether dark or light. And on the other hand, since aesthetics are a myriad, of course, some readers some readers prefer the sleek and modern aesthetic. They are drawn to books with clean lines, bold typography, and minimalist designs. These books often feature light, bright colors, eye-catching graphics that make them stand out in the bookshelf. I personally... I love a blend of these two, but sometimes there's another aesthetic that draws in the most magical of people. For example, the whimsical and fantastical look of books. Books with these aesthetics tend to have hand-drawn illustrations, intricate borders, ornate typ- typography, and in an instant, they transfer books. They transfer you. They transfer readers in. They transfer readers to magical worlds and spark their imaginations with a simple glance. While everyone has their own preferences, my dear reader, my dear listener, one thing is very clear. The aesthetics of books can greatly enhance the reading experience and make it more enjoyable. Why do you think people always have a preferred aesthetic? Whether dark, light, vintage... Magical, fantastical, whimsical, the whole nine yards. (laughs) There's always a book out there for everyone. And isn't that such a beautiful thing? I would like to think so, my dear listener. And tell me your opinions. Do you have a particular aesthetic that draws you in? How do you feel about light and dark academia? Do you like fantasy, rather? Do you like fantastical book covers, rather? Let me know. And guess what? It's time for our bookish game. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome to our bookish game. Now, this is going to be fun. And hopefully it's interactive enough for you to participate. But I don't know what you're saying, as I am behind a microphone. This is an extreme game of this or that. You're either going to agree with me 
or you're gonna think I've absolutely lost it. Either way, there will be an opinion, and I might love it, and I might hate it. Anyways, shall we? In today's segment of this or that, I propose to you three rounds, two very hard choices, and only one decision. Shall we continue? Alrighty then, question numero uno. I don't know, maybe I'm running out of these good questions. But if you've been listening to my author interviews, you could just see how good of a question my snazzy author proposed. It's just so good, and I can't seem to compare anymore. But I don't know, we'll see. So, as I said before, question number one. Would you rather be the headmaster of an academy without any extensive knowledge, but if you're discovered, you must fight your way out of the school. Or would you rather be a highly knowledgeable student, but everyone around you denies your knowledge? <laughs> it's a little different, I'd say, from my usual extreme this or that, but what would you choose? What position of power would you rather be? Students don't tend to have a lot of power. And being a headmaster while well, you are in control of things, but wouldn't it be a little strange if the headmaster has no knowledge whatsoever? What if you're surrounded by highly intelligent students, other professors, and are you willing to fight yourself out of that school? I don't know, my snazzy individual, I don't know if you have some particular training I don't know about, but if you do and you'd rather fight yourself out, while having fun as a headmaster, maybe that was one of your goals. <laughs> Especially if you're into dark academia. I don't know, being a headmaster of like a cool school, that might tickle your fancy. But then again, you should be ready to fight yourself out of the school. Or if you choose the knowledgeable student route, uh, I, think, I think that would be a little annoying, don't you think? If everyone around you denies your knowledge, it's like, no, you're wrong. Literally at everything you say. I, I can see how that would be insufferable. <laughs> see, I guess I did that. Maybe I did make it tough. Well, what would you choose, my snatch individual? Would you rather be a point of power with no knowledge whatsoever? Or be knowledgeable, yet everyone denies it? Well, if you were to ask me, <laughs> I think I would go for the highly knowledgeable student. Because at least, when I graduate, I'll be able to use that knowledge and apply it to whatever I want. Although it might be annoying. But, then again, being a headmaster of an academy, think of the outfits you could wear. <laughs> do it for the outfits, do it for the ambiance, read some books. I don't know, I'm not trying to sway you either way, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Alrighty, so let's move on to Question number two. So this one is a little, a little interesting if you do ask me. So, would you rather be able to wield magic, but when you use it, your most prized possessions shrink for 24 hours at a time? <laughs> That's kind of messed up. Or, would you rather be able to shrink things, but every time you do so, you unleash unpredictable magic? Quite the tough one. <laughs> Both of them aren't good, and that's the whole point of this. <laughs> so, let me ask you, my snazzy individual. Did you ever want to wield magic? 
you know, perhaps you've been a Potterhead, perhaps you've read different types of fantasies growing up, and the idea of being able to use said the magic and incorporate yourself into the magic system sounds nice, especially if you love yourself a good fantasy read. But your most prized possession shrinks for 24 hours at a time. Isn't that annoying? What is your prized possession, my snazzy individual? Is it your phone? Is it your little beautiful book nook where you have all your cherishable bookish items? It is an item, so don't worry that your most prized person will not shrink. <laughs> so, would you rather be able to shrink things, but unleash unpredictable magic? Now, it depends on what you would decide. I honestly would choose wielding magic and have my most, pos most prized possession shrink for 24 hours. In my case, it would probably be my laptop because that's where I have all of my drafts and or my notebook so interchangeably I think I could fare without it for 24 hours but that kind of oh that would be so annoying what if you need to use your magic and you're like oh crap now my phone's gonna shrink or oh crap my prized special edition of a beautiful book is gonna shrink oh that's annoying but unleashing unpredictable magic I don't want to deal with the aftermath of that I don't know about you <laughs> But at least you're going to have all of your things, and at least you're not going to be worried about it shrinking and not be able to find it. But you choose whatever you want. I don't know. <laughs> Please let me know. And for the final this or that question, would you rather be a detective, but your criminal is always one step ahead? Or would you rather be a criminal? Your detective is always right on your heels. Isn't that interesting? The shifting of power. Both of them find themselves in a similar predicament, if you ask me. But, which one would you prefer to find yourself in, my snazzy individual? Would you rather be the criminal? Or would you rather be the detective? You know, it depends on what you want to do that day. Would you want to be a cool, interesting criminal? Perhaps that of a huge caliber, but... Enough for you to have a detective on your heels. Or would you rather be that cool detective? I don't know. They're both kind of tough. They are kind of tough. But in my case, I feel like it would be a bit less stressful to have your detective on your heels rather than the other way around where your criminal is always a step ahead. It would be a different type of frustration for the detective. No matter what you try, no criminal, it's always going to be ahead of you. But, can you manage stress that well? Especially as a criminal? What if your criminal antics lead you into some sort of predicament and your freaking detective is right on your heels? Like, think of the pressure of trying to run away. Ah, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, that's kind of hard. Uh, well, I don't think I would fare well as a criminal. At least I could wear a trench coat. I don't know if that's a bit stereotypical, but I want to wear a trench coat as a detective. So I'm going to go with the detective one just because. <laughs> How about you, my snazzy individual? Detective? Criminal? Neither? Well, neither is not an option. <laughs> and both isn't either, so you gotta choose. 
and please let me know. And I guess that brings us to the end of an episode. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> well, my snazzy individual, thank you, thank you so much for joining me on my solo episode this time around. Please look forward to so many nice interviews upcoming, and please consider supporting my podcast by going to ko-fi.com forward slash softasore, and check out my official social media, which is at softasore on Instagram. I am planning on making a newsletter, so please keep an eye out on that. And before I forget to mention, I do have Softasore Plus over on my Softasore Buzzsprout website. So just click the link that will be provided to you below, and please consider checking that out. It is a subscription, a monthly subscription, it's only $3, and you can shout out your favorite indie author. Well, thank you so much for joining me once again. Stay cool, stay snazzy, and keep reading.